Welcome to In the Stacks, brought to you by the Lewistown Public Library in Lewistown, Montana, a podcast about the wide and wild world of libraries. Today, the librarians at the Lewistown Public Library discuss their all-time favorite books. One thing all librarians have in common, a necessary requisite for the profession, is a love for books. Our job requires us to have an awareness of genre, style, subject matter, and reading level, and to have our fingers on the pulse of what is new and trending in the literary world. New authors, recently published books, next editions, and the latest in popular series. We also stay in tune with what is popular with our local patrons and what is regionally relevant to our area. Considering all of this, we read a lot of books and books we may never think to pick up otherwise. Of course, summer hits and summer misses and some we can't help but recommend to anyone who comes through our doors. There's something undeniably special about our collections that makes them feel like our babies, our little literary kids that come into our library fresh and flawless, ready to get a cover and a label slapped on them, and we watch them live their lives, acquiring a growing list of due date stamps and dog-eared pages, their words soaked up by our patrons for years. They form an interesting and unseen connection between people as books are passed on from patron to patron, from shelf to home to shelf again in an unending cycle. Every librarian, as well as every reader, has been shaped by what they've read the stories they've experienced, and the information they have learned from books. For our first episode of In the Stacks, we asked the librarians at the Lewistown Public Library about the books that have shaped them, books new and old that they haven't been able to get out of their heads, the ones that taught them something extraordinary or made them feel something deeply in the way that only a good book can. We're here with Danny Bueller, the director of the Lewistown Public Library. Danny Bueller, <laughs> what is your favorite book? Oh, Brittany, that's a great question. Um, so I've been working in libraries for the better part of a decade now, and I get this question a lot, and I have a very pat answer. And it's very truthful, it's very honest. So my favorite book is not a book, it's a series. And it's a series that ignited the passion in reading for me. Uh, before this this series, I hated reading. I was really bad at it. <laughs> I think i mildly dyslexic. It's very hard for me. I'm a very slow reader. Um, but in high school, I met the book Harry Potter. 
And I met the series in a very interesting way because I decided that I was far too old to read books one, two, and three, obviously. So I started with book four and read the series four, five, six, seven. And it was phenomenal. It was so much fun. It was a reading level that I could comprehend really well at that time. And it was just it hit the head of what I love to read. And it's this magical realism fantasy world. I've always loved that. So I say my favorite book is actually a series and it's Harry Potter. But it's kind of been fun because as I've grown, that list just grows and grows and grows. And again, this is a really unfair question for a librarian because we have so many. Right? It's like choosing your favorite child. You can't choose just one. So as I alluded to earlier, my favorite fictional genre is magical realism. And I have a couple standouts in that category. Okay. Uh, the Tale for the Time Being is by Ruth Ozeki. And it's this wonderfully weird romp of a book through time. And so you are moving backwards and forwards in time through characters that are connecting and coalescing. And of course, because it's magical realism, there's this wonderful weird character that may be uh, fictional, even in the story. You don't know if she's actually there. So that's a really, really fun read. I have the classics. Of course. You can't, you can't forget classics. Oh. So Withering Heights by Emily Ronte and The Great Gatsby. I love The Great Gatsby. Of all the books in all the world, that's the one I usually reread time and time and time and time and time again. It's so funny talking about this because as we talk, just more titles pop into my yeah. mind about, oh yeah, I forgot, I forgot, like To Kill a Mockingbird. That's a fabulous book. I love that one. And then for my Central Montana fans, I love Mildred Walker's Winter Wheat. It's such a great experience of Central Montana, especially in the winter when things are quiet and dark yeah. and are ripe for creation. And that is what Mildred Walker does in this book. She discovers central Montana. Poetry. Cannot forget poetry. I love reading poetry. It's something that's very important. Again, people that have simplistic language that can profoundly move you. Isn't that amazing? Right? How yeah. can you move a person with four words? No, no. I think that's like the pinnacle of a good writer is the ability not to like write this long, huge, exactly thing, but like condense it down to the most minimal number of words. Get yeah. me Mary Oliver. Mm -hmm. So Mary Oliver, Wild Geese is something that I read constantly, especially during these times of turbulent change. <laughs> uh, it's profound in its ability to ground. Ooh, that rhymes. Nice. But uh, Mary Oliver is one of my favorite poets. Heinrich Ibsen's A Dollhouse, the very last line in the play shatters everything that was built. And it's this woman who closes the door on this world that she was created. And so it's one of my favorite because it ends the story right where it should start. And it's fascinating yeah. to me. So again, Brittany, I think it's incredibly unfair of you to ask us for one or maybe our favorites. I think that's it. I think I made it to the end. I am here with youth librarian, 
Brittany Uger at the Lewistown Public Library. Brittany, how are you doing today? Great. Great. Great, great. Do you have a favorite book or a most, most influential book that you've run across in your time? Yeah. So when I was thinking about this question, kind of when I think about um, what I like about any particular book I'm reading in general is I look at it kind of from two sides. There's the story aspect. So Mm -hmm. how engaging is the story that this author's trying to tell? And then I look at the writing style. So stylistically, how engaging is the style of the writing, how the words are actually put together. And so that's led me to choose kind of two different books for this, uh, to answer this question. Whoa, Brittany, you were able to narrow down to two. That's phenomenal. (laughs) It's difficult. From the story aspect, I think I would say that my favorite is The Beach by Alex Garland. Really, that was the first reading experience I had where I was so engaged in the story that I read that book from cover to cover in one sitting, which I've never done before or since. He is traveling, I believe, in Thailand, and just all these different things happen to him. He gets captured by these men in, I believe it's opium. I think they're growing some kind of drug in in the wilderness, and he gets all messed up with that. (laughs) Falls really, really ill, and there's this just great description of him being sick in his hotel and just all the sensations that he's feeling. Just a really engaging story. So for the story side, The Beach by And so this book was also made into a terrible, (laughs) terrible (laughs) movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, like in the late 90s, early 2000s, that was really disappointing. But the book like stands alone as just an incredible, engaging story. So The Beach by Alex Garland. And then looking at the other side, looking at the writing style, I think I'd have to choose Fight Club by Chuck Palahniuk. Nice. Which I actually came to through the movie. Okay. Absolutely love that movie. Found out it was a book after I'd seen the movie and ate the book up. It was not a one sitting situation, but probably close to it. Chuck Palahniuk's writing style is so unique and so sharp and so consistent. He's very polarizing. Either people love Polonic or they hate him. Um, (laughs) His subject matter is often pretty intense and unsavory, but I think even if you're not into that, if you can look past what he's talking about to see how he's talking about it, his style is unmatched. And I feel like it's been a big influence on me and the way that I do my own writing, kind of my own Uh writing style, a great book. And as far as a (laughs) book to movie adaptation was a much, much better. uh, So that was my question. I was going to say, interestingly, you picked two books that were made into movies. That's true. Yeah. And it's a much better translation. The casting was, fits really well with what was in um, the book. So do you think that having interacted with the movie first and then finding the book helped you like the book more? I haven't heard about it that way, but I think, I think so. I think that's the way to do it. Because then you go, you know, you, when you read Harry Potter is a good example where, you know, I read the books before I saw the movie and you kind of picture what the characters look like and Mm -hmm. what 
the setting looks like and then you see the movie and you're kind of almost always going to be let down inevitably disappointed because mm-hmm. it doesn't fit the image in your head and with fight club i already had those characters pictured mm-hmm. i already had you know all of the settings and the events of the story had already visualized them and so it's like a better it's a deeper dig or a deeper dive yeah. into that universe it's and maybe cool. that's why i was able to look at that book from a more stylistic viewpoint because I already I didn't have to spend all this mental energy painting the picture in my head and I could focus more on what the words were and how they were put together. I'm here with Nancy Sackett. She is the fiction and outreach librarian for the Lewistown Public Library. So Nancy, what is your favorite book? When, when people ask that, it is always the same. East of Eden by John Steinbeck, and it remains my favorite book. I read it when I was like 13 or 14 the first time because my mother recommended it. She loved John Steinbeck, so we had all, all his books at home. And so what spoke to me first was that he was an adult and he was having the same things that I was having because at the same time I was trying to read the Bible and I didn't, I'd gotten like to Cain and Abel in that situation and I didn't like God very much. I thought he he was more at fault there than anyone. And so East of Eden is about that. It's about John Steinbeck trying to figure out Cain and Abel and he wrestles with it several different ways. The main character is Adam Trask, and his father's name was Cyrus, and he had a brother, Charles. Uh And so he uses those A's and B's very cleverly all through the the book. So Adam and his brother did not get along, and his father and he didn't either. So then when he uh, grew up and had sons, his son was Aaron and Cal. See? Okay, so it carries through. So it carries through. And so... They made this movie about it. I mean, this is written in 1952, but it's still very pertinent today because it's about good and evil. Mm-hmm. It's about fairness and justice and how... I'm, I'm wanting to read it again now because putting it in perspective of today's world, I don't think it's possible. I don't think there is any justice. I don't think... The life life is not fair. You know yeah. that statement? Yeah. fact is, it just isn't fair. You know, I feel like that's a that's a theme that Steinbeck writes about a lot is that like inherent unfairness of life right you know right i think so and maybe that was the whole idea of the story of cain and abel to yeah. start with so that's why this is my favorite book and i love this copy of it this is the original copy that i read this is oh my, my mom's gosh. copy that's amazing and so i've kept it all these years and and i'm going to reread it now because I, i'm fascinated to see if it really is everything that i think because sometimes yeah. when you read it the first time, you know, it, it strikes you because it's new and fresh and it's right mm-hmm. what you're thinking of at that moment. But when you've reread it again, I didn't realize inside this, he has his genealogy in here. The oh, Hamilton wow. family is his grandparents. And so they're uh, we weaved into the story. And so it, it, that's fascinating on a whole other level yeah. because his, his mother and stuff is in the book. So would you recommend this book to our patrons? I have recommended it and it... They look at me funny after they've read it, you know. 
really when something really speaks to your soul when when i feel i feel like john steinbeck and i are like soulmates in a way yeah because he loved montana he would have mm-hmm. lived here if we had oceans this is where i want to be you know this i love montana so i i don't recommend it i think when you have your favorite book it is because it's a personal experience mm-hmm. and it only speaks to you and yeah. so other people would be disappointed in it because they're not yeah. And that same thing. So. Or you don't want to like have them be disappointed, like not share in your excitement yeah, right. and then have it bring down your excitement about the book, right. you know? Right. So I, I'm never going to recommend it again. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think part, part of what puts uh, people now is he, he won a, he's a Pulitzer Prize winner and he's a Nobel Prize winner. Mm-hmm. And nowadays the books that win those, those kinds of authors are so cerebral that they're not easy to read usually and i think this is not that way he's not that kind of writer Mm -hmm. even though he won the prizes and he probably well deserved them i think he's understandable to anybody i mean i read it when i was 13 Uh, since then i read it again and it's still good (laughs) i'm here with misty aldrich who is a librarian here at the lewistown public library so misty what is your favorite book of all time. I have to say Flowers in the Attic by V.C. Andrews. It's a very good book. It's always been my go-to book as an adult. It kind of shows what a mom would do to her children to get what she wants out of life and not worry about her kids. Inherits, tries to inherit her father's money and has to hide the kids away because the grandparents don't approve of the children because it was out of incest. They get locked up in the attic and aren't seen, able to come out, and just the survival, survive the situation. It's a very dramatic book, and it's book one of a series of Dalin Gangers is the name of the people, and it just is just my book that I always want to go to to show what you can do when you put your mind to it and the yeah. love that the kids have for each other. Yeah. Is it the first book in the series? Yes. Have you read the others? Yep, and they actually, after the sixth of the first series, Chris, the oldest of these four kids, has three more diaries. Shows the backstory of these, and it, it's a very good series. I like books that show how people can survive. Yeah. And it's all fiction, but it's something that could happen. That first one in the series, does it kind of wrap it up? like? At the very end, or does it set it up for? It sets the, it up for the next for the, books. Yeah, because at the end of it, the youngest son dies because of rat poisoning from his mom. Oh wow! Because she's trying to get rid of the kids when she marries this new guy, because he doesn't think she has any kids. They escape on their own, and fire sets in the mansion. It sounds intense. <laughs> it is. It's a V.C. Andrews is a very intense author. Yeah, and it sets it up for the next book of where they're headed. Yeah. But I've liked her books. I mean, I think I was 17, 18 when I read this book and decided I'd collect them all. Yeah. So I went through a phase for a while where I read a lot of like abduction stories. Mm -hmm. Like I read J.C. Duggard's book and it kind of sounds like that. Like the, it's just the being trapped and the desperation and Mm -hmm. yeah, it sounds and, scary, the, but... <laughs> and the older kids became the mom and dad of the yeah. little, they were twins and so the twins didn't want to be in the situation and they yeah. were trying to make it the best they could and 
and it's called Flowers in the Attic because uh, the room they stay in, uh-huh. there's an attic to it, and they had to go up into the attic at least once or twice a month so the room could be clean, not be seen. Uh-huh. And so they make a, a garden up there of paper flowers and stuff yeah. like that. So is this story told... Um... From multiple perspectives of like the different kids or is it like from one kid's perspective? It's actually from the older daughter's perspective. The first book is and she tells of the day her dad died and that's why they had to move. What she tells about what they had to go through and what her mom and her grandparents did to her because the grandpa was passing away and so they were hidden away until the mom could inherit the money. And it just, it's, it's her story. There's bits and pieces from the other kids and stuff, but it's mainly kind of like her diary of what happened. And I think it was like two or three years that they were stuck in this attic and they couldn't have sun or anything like that. So they're just wasting away. Very scary what a mom would do to get money. Yeah. Do you feel like your interest in that book kind of has influenced other books that you tend to pick up? Yep. Because um, V.T. Andrews was my first one, and then I go to like Mary Higgins, Clark, Nora Roberts, Daniel Steele. Those are my go-to authors. Yeah. Do you recommend that book to other people, or do you yeah. kind of feel like that's like a book that's personally special to you? I know. I I tell everybody. I've even loaned it to a lot of my friends. Oh yeah. And they've said. Well, I want the whole series. And I said, well, I'll loan it. They have the three new ones, Christopher's Diaries. The last one is called The Secret Brother. And it kind of follows from the flowers in the attic. The boy that they said they took him to the hospital. He died on the way and they buried him in the cemetery. And found out in this book that he's been alive this whole time. Oh, my gosh. And it's kind of a twist. So that's how they end the whole series is finding that their brother. Wow. It sounds intense. <laughs> it's a good book though. I I highly recommend it. It's a good book yeah. to just sit and don't read it in the dark very much. <laughs> awesome. She is the public services librarian for the Lewistown Public Library. So Carrie, what is your favorite book? Okay, so at the end of every year I write a blog for the library called The Year in the Books, and I write about a number of the books that I read that were my favorite reads from that year. And so I thought that would be fun to go back and look at my blogs from when I started working at the library in 2016 and choose one book from each year that I wrote about in those yearly blogs. FYI, those all blogs are available on our website at lewistownlibrary.org. And it was fun going back and seeing how I've evolved when since my start at the library. I've touched on every almost every genre I like to dabble a little bit in everything. So for 2016, I decided to choose as my favorite book from that year. I chose Mrs. Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children by Ransom Riggs. And I chose that book because a movie was coming out that year about the book. So I thought it'd be fun to read the book and then 
go to the movie and just kind of have a little dialogue comparing the book to the movie. And that was a lot of fun. Riggs's technique of storytelling is pretty unique because he takes old photographs and develops characters with those photographs. So I thought that was pretty unusual. And, and the photographs are in the book. Yes. Right? So you can see, kind of visualize what the author was sort of going off of for right. inspiration. Yeah, and it gives you a visual of this of this character. Yeah. And they're really old photographs. Some of them are kind of tattered, but photos, I believe that he, years and years of garage sailing and just random yeah. places. So, so there's real stories behind those photographs. That's really cool. Yeah. Like somewhere out there. Yeah, the somewhere world. out there, yeah. For 2017, I chose a book titled Sleeping Giants, and this was a book that was recommended to me by a patron. The author is Sylvia Nouvelle, and this was his debut novel, and it delves into scientific mission and uh, robots and a uh, little romance, so it, it has a, a lot of all the good stuff in there, mm-hmm. and um, it actually also ended up being a series, The Nemesis Files. So that that one has really sucked me in. I read it pretty fast. I think yeah. it was a weekend read. And then uh, 2018, the book I chose here is quite different from the others, and that kind of reflects the, my reading style. It just depends on my mood and yeah how involved I want to get into the reading. Uh, But the book I chose for 2018 was a book from 1976 titled Mystery Stalks the Prairie. And it's actually written by Roberta Donovan. And she was a Lewistown native and the News Argus editor for 12 years during that time. And She wrote it with Captain Keith Wolverton of the Cascade County Sheriff's Office. It's just a really captivating book. It was based on rigorous research and evidence of mysterious events that happened in central Montana between May 1974 and May of 1976. Unexplained helicopter and UFO reports, cattle mutilations, hairy creature sightings, and this all occurred in this area really heavily. They were being investigated by the sheriff's offices, and I believe Maelstrom was involved over in Great Falls area, so it was occurring through several counties in our area, and I just found that very fascinating. The local flair was really appealing, and it was just very... From the collection of books I read in 2019, the book that I started my year out with, and I also started my... 2018 year out with is a book by Anne Lamott titled Almost Everything Notes on Hope. I decided in 2019 that I was going to read start my year off every year with this book. It's a it's a quick read also and it just it talks about life as a complex puzzle and and ultimately that love is the hope that we seek in transitional times and how one relates to love and interplays with all outcomes and it's kind of a self-help improvement type of book and I'm I'm really into those those are those four books are the top picks of my blogs from my four years of reviewing and working in the library do you have any reflections on how how your taste and your book choices changed over that period of time 
my book choice is kind of a web. Like I'll find one book I like, and then I'm like, I really like this subject, so I'm going to look up books all on this subject, and the web goes off this way. Or like, I really like this author, so what else has this author written? And so there's like always this inherent connection from one book to the next book to the next book. Do you feel like there's any kind of connection that way mm. between what you choose? Or is it more of a random process? It, I think it's more random for me. Um, sometimes I, I do play off of one book to the next. But I think that I have actually started reading more nonfiction books, which makes sense because my job has also shifted into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that was noticeable. I guess the position has almost directed what I'm reading to a point. And that's a necessary part of being a good librarian, I think, is to know your collection and know what's in there so we can help our patrons find a good match for Carrie touched on something really powerful there, and it's a sentiment I think that's worth repeating. A good librarian knows their collection, and we do this so that we can help our patrons find a good match for what they're looking for. And as each of us here at the LPL shared our favorite books, we know that it's important, dare I say imperative, that we offer our skill and guidance to help you and your neighbor find that next favorite book. This is why we wander in the ever-growing and wildly wide world of libraries. Thanks for listening to this first ever LPL podcast. I hope that this happy little moment has given you inspiration to find your next favorite read. Maybe you might even find it at the library. Hmm. Also, much thanks needs to be given to Brittany. Her skill and dedication to this project has manifested a long time dream, and we are forever thankful for her patience and knowledge. You rock, Brittany. Thanks. Next time on In the Stacks, we are going to posit we are going positively crazy about podcasts. <laughs> Why is a library podcast the best kind of podcast? What is the enduring connection created by podcasts? Why are podcasts so popular nowadays? And we want to hear from you. The world of podcasting is incredibly diverse, and we want to know what your favorite podcast is. All this and more next time on In the Stacks. Stacks is produced by the staff at the Lewistown Public Library in Lewistown, Montana. Subscribe to In the Stacks on Spotify, Google, and all other major podcast platforms. Follow us at LPLgram on Instagram or Lewistown Public Library on Facebook for the latest updates on library happenings, including the podcast. If you have an idea for an episode or a topic you would like us to explore, Email us at lewistownpubliclibrary at gmail.com. Thank you for supporting the library.